Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening from. It's Blake Sorensen on another episode of the Inside Leverage Podcast. And today we have our favorite and probably the only Bears fan on planet Earth that we like here on this podcast, Nick Palazzolo. (laughs) coming to us to give us some, you know, what went wrong, talking a little bit about the season, and then we're going to get into some off-season talk. This is a little bit of a preview of the off-season previews that I've been putting up on YouTube. So if you're a strict podcast listener and you enjoy this, check out the YouTube because we got some similar content. Uh, Short form, though, very short form, 7 to 15 minutes. But, man, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. We're going to be getting in-depth. It's going to be about an hour. Who knows? Maybe we might be pushing hour and a half, too. Nick and I can just get lost in talking. So, Nick, go ahead, introduce yourself anywhere that the fans can, you know, follow you. Any articles, podcasts you want them to check out, go ahead and introduce yourself. Sure, yeah. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at Nick Palazzolo with the number five at the end. And I co-host a weekly sports talk podcast. That's literally the name of it. Uh, the weekly sports talk podcast and you can get at uh, you can find that wherever you can get your podcast and is your is your podcast chicago based it's more it's it's more chicago based and more of the like like big storylines like in the nfl like let's say like there was like a big quarterback that wasn't deshaun watson but the bears didn't need a quarterback. Like we would still talk about that. Like we go over like big, big headlines, but we try to keep it uh, Chicago based. Okay. Interesting. Um, so without further ado, let's get into it. Now there's two things I want to ask you about the past season before, and I'll start with the most upfront and basic one. What went wrong? What went wrong with the Chicago bears this season? And it's a weird question to ask because when we were sitting here and about, when did we do our last one? Our season preview, was it like June, July ish? july i think Somewhere around I don't know. Range. all these days kind of blend together i know yeah we've <laughs> it's been a while so yeah. i think i had the bears going like six and ten eight and eight range and you had them about where they were you said i think nine and seven ten and six ish and you were like man everybody's underrating these bears well the bears came in yeah. here started off five and two but then it was even kind of a weird five and two from from an outside point of view because you had two crazy come, you know, it was just like, what is going on? This is the weirdest five and two that I've ever seen since like that year. The Vikings went five and oh with a third string. Right. I think it was Matt or Sam Bradford at that time. And it was just sure. like, what is going on here with this five and two team? Then they play the Saints losing overtime. And then it's all kind of downhill from here, although they do make the playoffs. So, well, first, before I ask what went wrong, was it really a bad season or are you OK with that eight and eight and getting into the playoffs as a Bears fan? Let's hear what you guys are thinking. Um, ooh, that's a good question. Am I happy with them being eight and eight? No. Am I happy with them getting to the playoffs? Sure. Because as a Bears fan, we've never had a quarterback throw for more than 3,000 yards or, or 4,000 yards and more than like 30 touchdowns, right? So, like, every time we, like, make the playoff, it's, like, the same mediocrity, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, like, like that's where it just gets frustrating because, you know, we have ownership in the McCaskey families and team president Ted Phillips, you know. Uh, he's been – Phillips has been around since 1999. So, he's he's been there 21 years, coming up on 22, 21 years, something like that, right? It's been the same kind of – cycle of have like one good year then average then we'll get bad and then we'll have another good year 
right? So like like it was just frustrating. Like you said, they started five and one, and then they went on a six game, six game skid, right? I mean, and then they preach about oh our culture is so great. I'm a Matt Nagy guy, right? I I I really do like Matt Nagy. Um, but this season really made me question that because th- there was a, a lack of discipline. Uh, just all you have to do is watch both Saint games. You got to find Javon Wims yep. being just an absolute idiot, and then you got Anthony Miller, right? And, and the thing that bothers me about like the Anthony Miller thing is. You know, the Wednesday leading up, because I think they played on the – that playoff game was on a Sunday. It was on, on – or yeah, ma- Sunday afternoon. It was Sunday because it was the Nickelodeon game. Yeah. So, on Wednesday, Matt Nagy took 15 minutes out of practice and told his whole team, do not mess with 26. Don't instigate with 26. And 26 is C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Correct. This the same guy who Javon Wims decided to sucker punch with a helmet on uh, from behind, like Those a sneak attack. Those are the best. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then Anthony Miller goes out and, do, and does it anyway. I, I mean, if that doesn't if that doesn't show you a lack of culture and a lack of mediocrity, I don't know what does. And, and I know we'll get into the offseason here in a little bit, but Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy needed to go. They needed to go. There, there is no reason for them to stay. They needed to go, and the Bears re- needed to restructure their whole front office. Because if you ask George McCaskey one-on-one, who are your football guys? Who is the ones judging your football guys in Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace? Oh, well, they're, they're our football guys. We refer to them for all football, all football-related decisions. Blake, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not kidding you. That is literally what McCaskey said in a press conference when asked, what do you think? Well, our structure is we have a GM and a head coach, and he re- re- reports to uh, team president Ted Phillips. That's brutal. Ted Phillips doesn't know a lick about football. He yeah. can do your taxes for you. He couldn't <laughs> tell you how to run a football team. I, and, I and, need and, my and taxes that's what... coming up. I, I got a file for the first time. This year. Maybe I should hit him up. <laughs> exactly. But, I mean, he's a glorified accountant is what Ted Phillips is. He's not a team president. He's a glorified accountant. And the thing that gets Bears, myself, and Bears fans all, all across the U.S. All pissed off is we've been say, seeing the same stuff. And it all starts at the top with the McCaskey family. They need to realize that, you know, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy Pace has been here for five or six years. They've been to the playoffs twice in mm-hmm. five or wait, he was here in 15. So almost, almost seven years he's been here and he's been to the playoffs twice. I don't think he has an above 500 record as a GM. I, I mean, he, he drafts busts like, let's be real in 2017 might go down as the historically worst draft class of all time mm-hmm. with Mitch and Adam Sheen. Yes. I know they had Eddie Jackson and Tariq Cohen or whatever, but like it, there, there comes a point where, you know, there just needs to be change. And the, I don't see the bears getting better until they get that change. So, why do you think they were not fired this year? Do you think it's because they made the playoffs and, 
you know, maybe a little bit old school thinking, well, we made the playoffs. We can't fire these guys after making the playoffs like we wanted them to. Do you think that's kind of the reason? Because if that is, I understand where they're coming from, but it's stupid, right? It's like, why uh, you got to sometimes judge by the product of how you got there instead of just the results, right? Because it's like, it's like we're playing 21. If we're playing 21 with a little kid and and we whoop up on him and win, okay, cool. We won the game, but how did we win that game? That's kind of how this season was from the bears. You won and got into the playoffs because the NFC looked like a JV team this year outside of the top two teams. So, should do you think that's really why they stuck in there because they made the playoffs even though they made the playoffs kind of by default no i i i think it was because they sold ownership on a vision on how to fix it Mm. but you Mm. see ownership doesn't have a football mind telling them Mm -hmm. if this is the wrong way or Mm -hmm. the right way to do things so all pace and Nagy have to do is go to them we have this grand plan how to fix the quarterback how to fix the o-line right all that kind of stuff but at the end of the day, if you don't have a football person judging them based on those decisions, it, it's not going to lead you far. Yeah. And um, one thing that I wanted to comment on, and I've been saying it about many teams with their hirings, where I was kind of like, eh, don't know about this hiring here. And I've talked about a couple of teams that I think should be firing head coaches simply because of the fact that if you needed a head coach ever in NFL history, this was the year. We had just some spectacular candidates. There were five guys who any other year are probably the number one guy who people are looking to sign as a head coach. This was just a phenomenal year to go out and get a head coach. So it really sucks at the Bears. However, going into next year, all three of my number one guys, the enemy, Brady, and Brian Dable are all still going to be there. So maybe one more year of crap, and then you guys can go get a real NFL head coach. Yeah, and, and, I, and I mean, you look at it, like, like here, here, here's also the problem. You know, you look at it. Matt Nagy's got two years left on his deal. Mm-hmm. Ryan Pace only has one. Ryan Pace's current deal is only is good until the after this season. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to have a team with a lame duck GM. It's either you extend them or you fire them. You right. can't do what the Bears do, because and I know we'll get in the quarterback conversation here soon. How comfortable are you with Ryan Pace mortgaging future draft capital only when he has one year left? He could set the whole whole team on fire because he, he knows he probably hasn't done a good enough job, and he's done at the end of the year. That's what I wanted to bring up, too. Do you think that the team higher-ups, like the president, will come in and say, look, look, we, we love you guys, but we do not want to give you another three to four years of this BS just because you took Mac Jones, right? Or traded up for Trey Lance or something along those lines, because I'm worried that's what's going to happen to the Bears. They're going to be like, okay, you know what? You're right. You've had crappy quarterback play the last couple of years. I mean, it's not like you drafted that quarterback and over some of the best guys that we've seen. You know, it's not like you screwed that up in the first place, but you've had crappy quarterback play your entire time here. We'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Go try to get your guy. They give up a bunch of draft capital. Get Trey Lance. Trey Lance sucks because he does have a potential to bottom out. I'm a Trey Lance guy. Sorry. But do you kind of see them saying, no, you're not going to do this. We can go get a guy on maybe like a one-year rental or something, but we are not going to allow you to use all this capital and move up and get a guy and essentially either screw us over with a Mitch for the next couple of years and lose draft capital. Do you see him kind of handcuffing them to whatever they have there or a free agent? 
Well, well, well. Here's what I'll counter with: If if you were gonna handcuff him, why didn't you just fire him? That is true. That that's see, the, that's the, why the, I'm not really understanding their nobody under. Yeah. See, that's the problem. Nobody understands why they're still here. Yeah. Like, and and I'm not one of those people who 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 advocates for people to be fired because like that's just not who I am. I am. But at but at the at the end of the sure, Matt Nagy has gone twelve and four, coach of the year. Eight and eight, eight and eight. You know, you look at it and it was like, sure, he, he and winning is hard in the NFL. I'll give him that. Correct. But the Bears fired Lovey Smith before they hired Mike Trestman at, or Mark Trestman after he went 10 and six. He got canned after going 10 and six. Yeah. I, I mean, just the just the the inconsistencies of ownership to make the good decisions. I, I believe Matt can get it right. But Ryan Pace sure, sure as hell ain't doing him any favors. Well, let's move on from that kind of dark note. Let's move on to something from the last year that I thought was actually very positive. And we sat here again. I'm going to be referring to this podcast from a while ago. We sat here and looked at their draft class. And I said, overall, don't love it. But I do love this Jalen Johnson guy out of Utah. Now, this class ended up being relatively decent for where they got some guys. Now, I still don't love the Cole Komet pick, but he showed a decent amount of potential in some games this year, but they still didn't give him a lot of snaps and targets even later in the year. I would have liked to see more of that. Darnell Mooney was really the guy, and I remember us talking about him. We said he's the speedster out of, what was it, Tulane or Tulsa? Uh, Tulane. Tulane. We're like, he's the speedster guy. Maybe he can work down the field. And he's looking like a, a pretty average wide receiver too, which I think you need on your team and a great deep threat. And then, Jalen Johnson started off the year hot, but still finished with 13 pass breakups. How encouraged were you with the, with this draft class this year? Yeah, I, I think it was actually at least a top 10 draft class that actually performed really well. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I, I, I think you can definitely make that case just based on Jalen Johnson's contributions and Darnell Mooney's contributions alone. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think I think you sure can make that case. Mooney has been he, he, he was a rock star on the offense and, and, and he's the kind of playmaker that Matt Nagy wants to use in his offense. Yep. Um, Cole Komet, I watch all of Matt Nagy's press conferences and he's like, I know we need to get Cole Komet the ball more. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I do think the quarterback position is handicapping Cole Komet's development. So so I think that's also part of it. Okay. Because because here's the thing. Mitch doesn't trust Nagy. Nagy doesn't trust Mitch. Okay. That's just that's that's really what it boils down to. A a mutual parting of ways. Of course, they have nothing but respect for each other Mm -hmm. because they have both helped each other. Um, But at the end of the day, Mitch just isn't the answer. And, And Matt Nagy came here. He was hired to run the Kansas City offense. Mitch's flaws don't let Matt Nagy do what he was brought here to do. He was here to run that new innovative um, style, the new Kansas city style of offense, but he felt handicapped with Mitch doing it. So, so that's why I think the commit thing commit could be good. But then again, we, we drafted Cole commit, but then we gave Jimmy Gra- uh, Jim. We signed Jimmy Graham. What? Oh. What the hell? We need Jimmy Graham yeah. for? Yes, uh, yes. I understand that. You know, he was he was our leading touchdown uh, receiver. I believe. I think he had eight or nine this year. Um, 
but but at the end of the day, there was no need to give Jimmy Graham nine million dollars. Yeah. And I mean, I like like I understand addressing tight end because that because that's been a problem. Mm. Um, but I I think Jimmy Graham helped Cole Komet, but earlier in the year he started to take away targets from Komet. Yeah, I just I really liked what I saw. You know, every time he'd kind of get a reception, I'm like, ooh, that guy has some potential to be a good tight end in this league. Same thing with Mooney. Mooney was actually surprising me because when I was taking a look at him after the fact, you know, in preparation for this podcast, I didn't realize how good he was after the catch, right? I thought this guy was just kind of MVS that could catch. Um, But no, this guy had 17 missed tackles this year, like forcing guys. So I was very surprised with how good Mooney was in that short and intermediate game, making guys miss. Yeah, and I think just just the tape shows it with Komet and Mooney both. They're not going to give up. They're not going to be conservative in terms of, you know, they're going to be aggressive. Cole Komet's ran over people before. He wants the defenders to make it hurt. Mooney is great at breaking tackles, like you said, with the 17 missed tackles, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's how this offense kind of clicked, kind of didn't. Um, you know, the offense was so bipolar, and it just felt like, the Bears played 17 games this year, and I think I wa- I felt like I watched 17 of the same games, even though they were all very different in their own different ways. Yeah, it was a weird one. Were there any guys from this draft class who lower level, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round guys that me, who, you know, I watch every game relatively in depth, but you Bears fans, Anytime you're a fan watching a team, you watch it more in depth, you know, every storyline. Were there any of those late guys who maybe made a contribution on the line in the secondary? I mean, I liked Vildor, but I don't think he played too much. Or even on special teams, any guys that maybe the public is missing? No. No? Okay. No. I, I, I mean, you look at Arlington Hambright and uh, who is the other guy? Uh, Arlington Hambright and uh, Lactavia Simmons. Okay. Those guys, they maybe saw like a half worth of snaps combined. Mm-hmm. I'm very little. I like, like they were more of developmental seventh round picks, right? Mm-hmm. Travis Gibson, who Ryan Pace aggressively traded a fourth round pick to move up in the fifth round last year. That's why we don't have our fourth. He, he played in all of like six games. So, I, I mean, you know, you look at it and it's like – it's hard to judge these guys when they don't, you know, have the playing time. And you look at it, I think it was the 2018 draft when we drafted Riley Ridley in the fourth round. You know, he's maybe played in a handful of games. He's he's basically that one wide receiver every week who's inactive. Yeah, I so I, I I thought Ridley I mean, was going to be good too. I thought he was so did I, but he he just hasn't got the chance. Yeah. That it's so weird with the playmakers for the Bears. Like you look at them on paper and you're like Montgomery, Cohen. Komet, Mooney, um, what's the receiver out of Memphis? What's his name again? Anthony uh, Miller. Miller, you know, a I, I wouldn't be sad if he wasn't here next year. I would not yeah. be sad. Yeah, but, like, coming into the year, I was like, okay, these guys aren't great, and obviously Mooney wasn't on my radar at that time. But I thought this is a decent set of playmakers. Now we're taking a, a step back at it, and it's next year is not looking great for the, for the playmaker, you know, atmosphere of the Bears. So – Let's start taking a look at this offseason. First, most pressing issue, you need one of these guys to win, quarterback, okay? All right, I just got to get this out of the way before we start looking at external options. Nick Foles or Mitch, either one of them going to be starting next year for the Bears? Nope. 
like I said earlier, Mitch doesn't trust Nagy. Nagy doesn't trust Mitch. I've, I've heard things that, you know, it would be beneficial for both sides to move on. Now, Nick Foles, that's where that's where it gets interesting. Is Mitch a free he, agent, or do they have to? M- cut Mitch him is a free agent because okay. the Bears because Did the Bears declined his fifth year option. And then take us through Nick Foles. Uh, do you think he has a legit shot of maybe starting next year? Like, do you, okay? That's a weird way of phrasing it. My, how I want to phrase it is: Do you think that the Bears are going to be encouraged with Nick Foles to the point where they don't pursue outside guys, right? Because if they draft somebody. No. At 20, no. and they're like, uh, maybe he's not ready to start. I can see that no. getting Nick Foles some starts, but you don't think they're going to be like, Nick Foles is our guy. We don't need to go get somebody else. No, no, because that would just be idiotic. I, I agree, I mean, but that, that would just be is... malpractice on the coaching staff. Yeah. Okay. I, I just, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I don't honestly, I can see a scenario where Nick Foles is the starting quarterback for like the first handful of games right and then they right. turn it over to the young gun mm-hmm. but but right now I, I think Nick Foles is, is all but gone I, okay. I I think there I think there will be a team out there who will trade for Nick Foles uh, maybe maybe I don't mean I don't I don't know who would want to but so let's get into possible options all right the first and most obvious one that we thought was pretty much a done deal Carson Wentz right Carson Wentz I don't know why the hell anybody would give up a first rounder for him. Carson Wentz is not very good, right? A lot of people think Carson Wentz is this guy with a wide range of outcomes who, you know, if, if you can nail everything down well, he can be in that Dak Prescott, that Matt Ryan, that Matthew Stafford range. No, he's not. He's he. You know what he is, in my opinion? He's Jared Goff that got hot for about – seven eight games and people still think he's an mvp caliber player i don't get the carson wentz allure at all the only team that i could see making something out of carson wentz indie just because frank reich and i don't think if like if frank reich tells indianapolis get him i can turn him into not absolute shit then i'm gonna trust frank reich he's one of the coaches i respect the most in the league however i still don't want to send a first rounder for carson wentz would you be okay with Carson Wentz as your starting quarterback? One and two. What are you willing to give for him? Uh, would I be okay with Carson Wentz as the starting quarterback? Could I be okay with it? Yes, but I'm only willing to give a third or a fourth for him. I, I like. We've seen flashes of Carson Wentz being an all-around potential shows signs of being one of those top-tier quarterbacks in the league. We've seen flashes of that. But you have to trade for what the value is and not what the value was. And that is where I'm literally begging Indianapolis to pull off this trade so the Bears can just pull their name out of the hat. I, I like, Like, I don't... I understand that, you know, Bears new uh, quarterback coach and passing game coordinator, uh, John DeFlippo, right? Right. Um, You know, he believes, according to Albert Brewer, he believes he can fix Carson Wentz. But if you're Carson Wentz, why would you want to come to the Chicago Bears? They couldn't protect Foles or Mitch last year. Um, You know, realistically, the only wide receiver coming back for this year could potentially be Darnell Mooney. Uh, you got you got two revolving doors at the, your tackle position. 
you know, you got Cole Komet, who's a nice piece. Montgomery and Cohen, those, those are good playmaker guys. But there's more questions than answers on offense. So, I mean, would I want him here? Would he be an improvement? Maybe. Maybe not. Like, like I, That's the problem with Carson Wentz. We're talking about trading for this guy, and we don't even know if he's going to be better for sure than what that just dumpster fire was last year quarterback. And then another thing you're asking, why would Carson Wentz come to the bears? If I'm the bears, why the hell do I want Carson Wentz from what we've seen entirety of last year? We saw a bad quarterback. Then we saw a diva quarterback who's complaining that he got benched for playing bad. That's like getting mad because you got arrested for killing somebody like what you have. No, you didn't get a speeding ticket. You murdered somebody. Carson Wentz is getting mad that he got benched for playing like the worst quarterback I've ever seen. Every single stat you look at, he was probably horrible, horrendous, bad. So he's mad that he got benched for playing bad, which doesn't make any sense to me. And then he wants to demand a trade because the quarterback says we have two great players at that position. What? I mean, he's just, so diva ish right now like people are shaming deshaun watson and don't get me wrong i've kind of been in the party where i'm like uh, but then you find out about the easterby shit there with carson wentz he has no reason to be complaining and crying because the only person the only reason jalen hurts got any reps last year is because you sucked if i'm the chicago bears i don't want to deal with his range of outcomes and i don't want to deal with whatever bs he's bringing in the locker room because it seems like there's a lot of crap with him yeah and, and you you just brought up the easiest question I, I can answer. Why would the Bears do this? This will be the easiest question you ask me for the whole podcast because they're desperate. That's that that's that's why they would get Carson once because they're desperate. I, I mean, there there's just no way around it. I mean, Ryan Pace, when he first got here in 2015, he said the best current he quoted like the Bill Parcells, you know, Right. way of thinking mm-hmm. the best currency you can ever have is a quarterback so taking one every year right he's in like 37 draft picks he's picked one quarterback and it was mitch and it was, it was mitch, mitch. A- and that's where the khalil mack trade looks bad because you make that khalil mack trade banking on mitch trubisky fanning out you, I, I guarantee you, if they know Mitch sucks, they do not make that Khalil Mack trade. Right. And because you can go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, because I, you look at it, and it was like gave up two first round picks for him. Could have addressed the O line mm-hmm. with that first round pick. Could have got got potentially another quarterback if you realized Mitch was not the answer. Matt Nagy, if you just watch Matt Nagy's game calling and play calling and game planning, you know that he doesn't trust Mitch to run his offense. Right. Like like Mitch Mitch was like, oh, well, I'm getting more input in the offense. The only thing Mitch can do well is run bootlegs. That's legitimately – oh, and, of course, you know, the the, the sexy throw in, uh, in the Saints game to Javon Wimp, that which he gone. dropped. I was going to say, what about his read option game? Mitch can get a little jiggy with the legs, looking like prime Mike Vick out there sometimes. Yeah, okay. So he's an athlete. So what? He's, like, he's we, we have a not even dynamic enough to have an offense around him being an athlete. You know, like he's not – Right. Not Lamar. Like, like – like here, here, here's the thing with Mitch in Chicago. We call the people in Chicago the people who you can listen to any sports talk radio station you want in the city. 
they will call people who support Mitch Trubisky the same thing, the Trubisky truthers, because they think that Mitch Trubisky is our Lord and Savior, and he just needs more time, a better offensive line, and Mitch Trubisky, the grace from God, is here to save your Chicago Bears. You know what that sounds no, exactly that's, like? That sounds like the Sam Darnold, the Sam Darnold crowd. Look, there's quarterbacks that show flashes when they have nothing around them. Deshaun right. Watson. You know, like there's certain guys that when you have nothing around them, they elevate nothing, right? Which is hard to do, and that's how you know when a guy's elite. There are guys that cannot do that, but they show flashes when they're around nothing, right? There are guys sure. who look bad when they have nothing. You know what that is? A bad quarterback. That's just a bad quarterback, you know? If you are a bad quarterback, when you have nothing around you, you're bad. Now, I'm not saying you can't be a decent quarterback in the league, like if Darnold gets some help around him, but you just got to look at it. We've seen how many years of Mitch? Uh, seven, uh, well, we've seen Four years? What, 12 games in 17, 18, 19, 24 seasons worth of Mitch. How many plays? We'll just keep it to plays in general. Has Mitch shown you while watching these games that you've looked at and said, wow, I think he can be a high-end starter in this league or even a mediocre starter in this league? Rephrase the question because how many plays have you seen against bad teams? How many plays have you seen against good things? Because I can show you all these cute little graphics on the NFL Network and ESPN and Get Up and all these great sports shows that, you know – Mitch Trubisky, the last four games thrown for over 300 yards. The Bears offense has scored more than 35 points. The Bears are back. The Texans, you played the Vikings, you Mm -hmm. played the Lions, you played the Jags. Some of the worst defenses this year. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. But the Trubisky truthers, they will show you all these cute graphics and all these cute little stats. He's better than Mahomes in this category. He's he's scoring points. The offense is back. You know, they'll show you all these graphics telling you that Mitch is the answer. Yeah, it's just brutal. Well, let's continue talking about some quarterbacks then. So Wentz, maybe, maybe, and you said the most you're willing to give up is a third or a fourth, correct? Right. The money doesn't come as an issue to you because right now you guys are just – Money's always in it. Money. Money's always an issue. I, I mean, if we acquire once, Eagles definitely are eating the money just to move on from them. Like the Eagles, they will probably have to take the largest dead cap hit in NFL history just to move on from Carson Wentz. So, like, the money is an issue, but I think wherever Wentz goes, you know, he's going to have to restructure his deal somehow, some way. Um, you know, the, the bears are tight for cap. They think they only have about $4 million depending on, on what it is, but, but there's ways around that. There, there's definitely a bunch of ways around that. That was something, but that, you know, he's on there you, for a you while have, and it's not like yeah. golf where golf can get cut after two years. And then, you know, if he sucks, right. then you cut him and you have nothing. Once I think you're kind of stuck with him for four at a pretty decent cap hit. But the, the kind of thing with that is, if he sucks, then that cap hit is tremendous and it looks like horrible. If he ends up being the MVP Wentz, which I don't think he will be, then paying him, I think it's like 22, 23, you're like, wow, we're getting an MVP caliber quarterback for half of what he should be getting. So, you know, right. the range of outcomes is there where it's like, oh, I just don't think that high end pans out for him at all. Right. Uh, I do want to complain about Ryan Pace, though, 
for a second because I was thinking about something when we were talking about the Khalil Mack trade. This guy has allocated so much, and it's a very flawed way of thinking, in my opinion, to trying to keep his defense as a top five unit in the league. Look, if we look at the, the playoffs this year, the final four teams all had, except for Tampa Bay, so-so defenses, right, in that 10 to 15 range, in my opinion. And then you also had these dominant offenses. Ryan Pace has done the complete opposite. Ryan Pace has said, we want to send two picks and pay Khalil Mack. We want to pay Akeem Hicks. We want to use, was it top 10 for Roquan? Uh, yeah, I think they took Roquan at eight or nine. We want to use a top 10 pick on a linebacker. We want to pay uh, Fuller, whichever one you guys have. We want to pay Eddie Jackson. We want to pay Robert Quinn. Who are you guys paying on offense outside of the running back, Cohen? Whitehair? Um, I, I have it pulled up right now. Um, it's, like, so let's it's, it's maddening when you're allocating all these funds to keeping a sure. defense that we've seen with the Bears. Even though you have that uh, really good amount of talent, you're one of the most talented defenses in the league, it's hard to sustain a super elite defense in the NFL today. So why would you even – I get wanting to keep some of those guys, but you just continually try to, we need this defense back to 1985 and back to how it was when we were 12-4. and four. No, you need to focus on getting that offense to elite, getting that defense to serviceable, and that's how you're going to be getting into the playoffs. I think it's a very flawed and old-school way that Ryan Pace is going at it about right now, and I think that is like 90% of the reason why the Bears are where the Bears are right now. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, uh, and I'm, and I got spot track pulled up, or okay. however the hell you say it. Okay. Khalil Mack do twenty six million, Fuller twenty million, Robert Quinn and his two sacks fourteen point seven, oh. Akeem Hicks twelve, Eddie Jackson eleven. Have five. we gotten to an offensive player yet? Nope. First offensive play on the, on the books for next year is Charles Leno making eleven million, but he's a revolving door at left oh. tackle. Jimmy Graham potentially is on the books for 10. Cody Whitehair for nine. Massey for nine. Eddie Goldman for seven. Nick Foles for six. I mean, now, can I understand. Can you look up the sure. Chiefs? I'm interested to see where the Chiefs kind of rank out on that. You know what I mean? In that, sure. I mean, I know the Bears aren't going to be the Chiefs, but when you want to right. look at this, I say, you know, look at the Chiefs. Or even Buffalo. Where is all of Buffalo's money going? Wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. And then we'll pay Trey White because he's, like, the elite guy. And they have right. the secondary, too. My thing with Chicago is they're trying to build this this front seven from, from the 80s and the 90s. That's cool. But then you're going to wonder why everybody yeah. is throwing and slinging this rock all around you. It's just a very idiotic yeah. way of building a team that feels so very 1990s. Yeah, so Buffalo, Tredavious White at 14, Diggs at 12, Deion Dawkins 11, Mitch Morse 10, Addison 10, John Brown 9, Jerry Hughes uh, 9, and then you get into like your lower, lower tier contracts. So, so and, 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 and I mean, the thing with Pace is he, he trades draft capital like, it, like it's candy on Halloween. Yeah. He just, like I mentioned it earlier – he traded a future fourth round pick to move up in the fifth round last year to yeah. get Travis Gibson, who played in like six games. And I'm not necessarily, I'm kind of in the, the minority because it depends what, like, context is king. You know, you have to know, but I wouldn't mind moving an a unknown draft pick for a known entity like the Bills. 
moving a first rounder for Stefan Diggs, why would I roll the dice on, you know, in retrospect, you're like, you could have had Justin Jefferson on a rookie deal. You know, you could have been stuck with Jalen Rager if Philadelphia isn't full of idiots. So it's like Buffalo moving on from that first round pick for Stefan Diggs at a position you needed. Bravo. You know, that's an example of where I think getting that known entity is better than rolling the dice on the draft. There's certain situations where I feel like that's the case. But just sometimes you can't always just be saying we want this known entity because you know what comes with known entities? Money. And then you're stuck in cap hell forever. Sure. And, and I mean, you just take a look at the Mitch trade. It was like a one, a three and a five or something like that. To move I, I, I know. And everybody and their grandma knew the 49ers were going to take Solomon Thomas. Right. And didn't they? They, they had no they interest. Have, did they have Jimmy at that point or no? No, not yet. Okay. That was prior to Jimmy. Okay. So, so here's what the here's what happened. The Bears moved up one spot. They took Mitch. Okay. Their third round pick they traded to San Francisco. San Fran traded to the Saints. That pick became Alvin Kamara. Mm. So, you, you look at it, and it was like, and, and if you want to get into the the deep dive of how the Bears took Mitch, I, we can certainly do that if you want me to. Um, but you know, you look at it, and it's like Ryan Pace, like he, I under, I like him being aggressive. I understand him being aggressive, identifying his player, and and going to get him. But, but at the end of the day, you're going to need to be right on most of these guys. I mean, he's taken Mitch. He's taken Kevin White. He's taken Leonard Floyd, mm-hmm. uh, took Roquan, and then he didn't have a few first-round picks because of the Khalil Mack trade. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, whatever way you cut it I, or, or look at it, I mean, Ryan Pace just is not the guy. And it, you, you shouldn't have to look very far to find all those bad moves he's made. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to throw out an, a couple more quarterback names. We'll try to get through this segment a little bit quicker. Um, Marcus Mariota for a third round. Interested or not? Uh, yeah, definitely interested. Okay. I, I, see, um, I, I loved what I saw yeah. from Mariota in that Thursday night game against the Chargers. And you have him on about one year, 10 million. And then you're in the, the camp where if you want to extend him, you probably can. If you want to let him walk. You let him walk, you know, but you're not bound to this horrible cap hit for the next three or four years. I really like the idea of Mariota for any team that's kind of in that range, like Indianapolis, like Chicago, where maybe you don't want to trade up for a Mac Jones or a Trey Lance, because I I do believe you're going to have to trade up for Mac Jones at this point. I think Mariota for a third is is a very solid move for Chicago, Indy, New England teams of that nature. Yeah. um, You know, you look at it, Mariota is a guy I've been in – very, very interested in ever since he became a free agent in Tennessee, let him go. I've been in, I, like, sure, is he getting paid $10 million? I, I do think Vegas moves on from him because, I mean, you look at they got Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. They signed Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman's making $1 million. You can move Mariota. Yeah. Right? So, I, I mean, I, 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 you know, Mariota's a guy I, I'm very interested in. Um, if I can get him for a third or a fourth, um, you know, I, I definitely look at it because then who else are you going to? Yeah. Um, quarterback, same team, but you're going to have to send a first for Derek Carr. You do it or no? Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I could definitely – I would do it. Now, I don't, know, I don't know if Derek Carr would go for just a single first. I imagine it might be some mid-round change too, but I think definitely one high-level pick, in, like a first-rounder, and then maybe some change later on could get it done. That's just kind of me riffing and sending you some options. So, Derek Carr, thumbs up for a first-rounder? Uh, if I can give him this year's first-rounder, thumbs up. Okay. Now – um, any other veteran guys that you kind of Jameis Winston in free agency, if he doesn't stay with the saints uh, on a t- Winston. Yes. I, I was on the bears to get Winston to compete with Mitch um, yeah. last training camp. He, he Winston, like, sure. I understand the familiarity. The only reason Foles is here is because of the familiarity with Matt Nagy system and the Andy Reed RPO style of offense. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, not having a real OTAs or a training camp or something, mm-hmm. right? I, I, I think that's there. You know, what Winston's a guy I'm interested in. Jimmy G, not not really. I agree. Not doesn't really doesn't really move it. Russell Wilson, if he wants to come to Chicago, all in on Russell Wilson. All in on Deshaun Watson. I don't you know, think Bears could have had Deshaun. I know, but Ryan Pace, you know, decided to hide in his office and keep that pick sealed. So, you know, I, the Bears are stuck between a rock and a hard place um, in terms of the quarterback position. Um, Darnold for a fourth. I've been hearing BS about him being moved for a second rounder. I don't see that. Sam Darnold's not very good. You take a flyer on Darnold who very Mitchy in his production, but I've seen a lot more flashes from Darnold and that's probably about three or four plays where I'm like, okay, maybe this guy has some potential. I don't love it for him, but I've been hearing Darnold maybe getting moved around. Would you want Darnold? Not in a million years, in my opinion. Um, The problem with Darnold is I don't know who Darnold is as a quarterback. He had mono. He had a shoulder injury. You've never really seen a full season of production from Darnold to really show you that he can be that guy. Sure, he's got the flashes, but I think the reason the Jets want to move on is because he can't stay on the field and he doesn't, he hasn't really shown enough to prove that, you know, if you want to bring him in to compete with another guy for the starting job, fine. Like, like, like I'm all in on that. You want to give me Darnold for, you know, a four, uh, all in on Darnold. Um, I, I never Darnold for a one or a two. No, hell no, no, thank yeah. you. I know I I wasn't huge on Darnold coming out of USC. I thought it was a lot more tools over production. And even then the tools, I, I didn't fall in love with. And the moment I jumped off of any, I think Sam Darnold can be decent trained, was when he got hurt or he got sick or his dog died or something. And he doesn't play that Monday night football game against the Patriots, who ghosts. is a great defense. And Joe Flacco comes in here and puts up 30 on one of the best defenses in the league. Elite quarterback Joe OG. Flacco. And I was like, what the – I was like, did Joe Flacco just elevate this offense in one game more than Darnold has done in his whole career? And that's the moment I was like, yep, signing this. I'm done on Darnold. He could go be the next Mahomes, and I'm not going to care. I'm done. I'm writing off everything on him. Let's look at rookies because, well, painfully for you, Mac Jones has just came out and kicked ass with the Senior Bowl and that national championship game. Mac Jones is looking legit. I, I've been hearing some people talking about him quarterback three don't believe in that he's my five still I just love the upside of Lance okay I'm gonna throw three scenarios at you and you're gonna tell me which one you like the most okay one moving up into pick two or three whichever one you know I don't know which one it would be two three maybe even four moving up into that range to get one of 
Fields or Zach Wilson. Now, obviously, you're probably going to have to give up a first, some second, you know, a lot of draft capital there. Or you can move up into the 8-9 range, give up. Probably you still have to give up another first and a little bit less mid-round change, less day two picks to move into that 8-9 range to take Trey Lance, who I'm a big fan of, not necessarily in Chicago, though. Or you can move up to about pick 15, which I think is New England right now. So that's five picks for you guys. You probably have to give up a day two and some late mid-round change to move up into 15 to get Mac Jones. So with all the scenarios I just laid out for you, do you want to move up for the Fields or the Wilson, move up for the Trey Lance, and move up for the Mac Jones because you're probably not getting any of them at 20, in my opinion? Uh, I, out of those three scenarios, I'm moving up for Mac Jones. I agree. Um, I, agree. I, I, I think that's the most realistic option without hurting you because because we've talked about it at length about just the bears you know having more questions than answers right now Mm. and the more draft picks and Mm. and the more future capital you keep moving that like sure you can cut all these guys and free up all this cap space and trade all those picks but at the end of the dot end of the day those players are gonna have to be replaced yeah, you know, you, you can't just trade players and then expect, oh, oh, we we just won't use them anymore. No, that's not how this works. Yeah, you know, uh, so I, I I think Mac Jones is someone I've been a fan of uh, that that I really want the Bears to go target. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you look at it and it's like, what's it gonna take? Um, and, and I feel like the the my problem with the Bears is they're getting more desperate by yeah. the day. Yep. And and that's where that's going to get them in trouble. But but the thing I, I will say is that I trust Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy picking the quarterback over just Ryan Pace. Okay. Because go because going back to the 2017 draft, uh, head coach John Fox and um, quarterback coach at the time, and he's now the Falcons offensive coordinator, Dave Ragone. They both had, you know, they both had um, Watson number one. I'd right. like the top three, Watson, Mahomes, Trubisky. They all, everybody like on staff, they had Watson number one. Shown it on the biggest level, won a national championship, all that stuff. They bring that to Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy, he just fell in love with Trubisky wherever it was in his 13 games. But he kept it close to the belt. John Fox is on record saying he thought they the Bears literally were not going to take Mitch. They thought they were going to take somebody else because they didn't they didn't have enough conversation about Mitch to warrant um to warrant the Bears taking him, right? Yeah. So I I mean you look at it, if that if you're not trusting your quarterback coach and your head coach and your head coach gets fired the next year like just because of whatever, but if you're not trusting their opinion and you miss, I mean, uh, you don't really know what you're looking at in terms of quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, Now let's talk about a guy who I think is the biggest, more so than a quarterback, because I feel like if you lose this guy might be a four or five win team. If you get this guy back, you might be in that eight, nine range again, depending on the quarterback, Allen Robinson. What is the deal with him? You know, you guys obviously have the right to franchise tag him. I doubt he wants to sign any type of long-term extension there unless you guys somehow get Watson or something along those lines. So, Allen Robinson, what's the plan with him right now? Are you guys tagging him or are you guys letting him walk in hit free agency? No, Nobody knows. 
Um, I, I think out of desperation, they will tag him. Which I think they should, right? You want to keep. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with that. I, I believe that the Bears will tag him, um, just out of desperation. But I could also see a tag and trade scenario. I could definitely see that happening, just because of the Bears not having, you know, the draft capital and more questions than answers at, at a multitude of positions. You know, I, I want a Rob back. A Rob is. You talk to any Bears fan. A-Rob is literally a fan favorite in the city of Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. He puts up numbers. He, he, do, he doesn't complain. I was about right? to say that. He, he's, he's just one of those guys who's just super easy to root for, and you don't want to let him go. But at the end of the day, A-Rob's got to do what's best for him. And right. I, I, I don't necessarily think that staying around in Chicago is best for A-Rob. Do I think they tag him? Yes. Does he play another snap as a Chicago Bear? I'm not sure. Interesting. Yeah, because I, I think keeping A-Rob is huge, especially for whatever quarterback comes in. Um, because maybe if you can get somebody of that Derek Carr tier, maybe that encourages A-Rob to be like, all right, man, I'll, I'll try this again. He's better than any quarterback I've played with at a, an elite level college and even in the NFL. You know, he's better than what I've been doing. With We'll give this Derek Carr guy a shot. And then after that, maybe yeah. it's smooth sailing. But I definitely think they should do whatever they can, which is the franchise tag, <laughs> to keep Allen Robinson, try to sort out the quarterback position to make him happy. You know, because I think if you sure. can just get that quarterback filled out, he, he seems to like Chicago, right? He's not a guy who, like, is terrified of the cold winters. He likes it um, Chicago pretty much. Yeah, I, I mean. So then maybe you just got to figure out that quarterback spot and maybe he'll I, I mean, here, here's the thing with Chicago, right? I love Chicago. I'm a Chicago guy, Chicago sports fan, right? I Like, I can make the case Chicago is the greatest city in the world. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think the weather is a deterrent. of Like, if people will say that. At the end of the day, if you're making $18 million, who really gives a damn about the weather? He's right, some Ugg boots. Exactly. I mean, you're only here for, what, six months out of the year, and then you could go – because most some players don't live here, right? Yeah. You know, there's very there's players who I know who, who've lived in my neighborhood, right? There, yeah. There's players who have, you know, who live around the area, but but they don't settle down here, right? They have apartments or they rent houses and then they go off to Florida or Texas or California in the off season. Mm-hmm. Um, what should we talk about? No. Um, right now I mentioned it a little bit before earlier, just slightly under that, that salary cap um, as it's kind of taking a step back ne- next year because of the COVID stuff. So you guys are just slightly under that cap right now. Sure. Obviously, if you're under the cap, unless you're the New Orleans Saints, you can't really sign free agents. What type of casualties do you guys see? And there's three potential ones that, that I brought out. I don't necessarily know the cap hits on them and everything because I'm an idiot when I look at those cap ones, like sports track and what's the other? There's another sure. one. Oh, uh, over the cap. Uh, over the I cap. Yeah. I'm like, where the hell? It's like Madden. I needed to tell me what, what my cap hit is going to be if I release these guys. Right. But, the three that I came up with, and you can tell me if, if you're okay parting ways with these guys and if it's even possible money-wise, Jimmy Graham, Akeem Hicks, one of my favorite players in the league, by the way, and Robert Quinn. Do you see any of those guys as potential casualties for the cap? 
Uh, Jimmy Graham, yes, I, I, I think his foot's already out the door. I mean, you know, he, he's ten million dollars cap hit, three mil dead cap. It gives the Bears seven million dollars. Okay, just just based on cutting him. Okay. Akeem Hicks, don't see. I think he stays, even though I think they give him about they they gain about ten. I, I I think Akeem Hicks and Kyle Fuller are both kind of in the same boat. They can cut them and gain cap space, but I think an extension is more likely just being able to create the cap space now and, and kind of like backload a deal mm-hmm. um, in, in terms of, you know, the finance. But, but Robert Quinn, oh boy. Didn't they sign him to a four-year extension last year? It's, it's pretty long, isn't it? No, they didn't sign him to an extension. They they gave him a five year, seventy million dollar contract for him to get two two sacks. Where did they think that was a good idea? Have they not learned from teams that have elite guys on the inside and even an elite dude on the other end? The Aaron Donald effect. Aaron Donald turns any mediocre to kind of slightly below average edge rusher into a above average guy or a decent guy. You have Khalil Mack on one side. You have Akeem Hicks, who's an absolute dog. He's one of the best players in the league, and nobody gives him credit. And then you have uh, uh, Eddie Goldman. Does he do a good job getting after the passer, Goldman, or not really? Yeah, I, I mean, hey, Gold, Goldman's really good in the uh, the uh, against the run, uh, but he opted out this season, so right. we weren't. So, and, and I mean, look at it. You know, why did the Bears sign Ryan pa- uh, Robert Quinn? Because Ryan Pace selected. Uh, Leonard Floyd, and, you know, he selected him in the first round. They cut bait. So how do you fix a problem you screwed up? You throw money at the problem. Bears ha- the Bears had a hole at tight end. They signed Jimmy Graham. The Bears had a hole at an edge rush. They signed Robert Quinn. The Bears had a hole at quarterback. They trade – they get money and they trade a fourth-round pick for Nick Foles because that is Ryan Pace's ineptitude. That's the he frustrating will, thing. If they would have if they would have sure. put that money that they gave to Robert Quinn, because in my if opinion, they, you do not need four kick-ass defensive linemen in the league, okay? You can get it done with two or sure. three, i.e. the Rams. If you would have put that money towards a wide receiver or an Allen Robinson extension, you're probably looking way sure. better in terms of your, your future outlook than with Robert freaking Quinn, who, look, I think he's a decent edge rusher. I don't want to pay him that money. I don't want to pay him five years, 70 million. Like who, who looked at Ryan Pace and said, yeah, man, I think that's great. Well, Ryan Pace doesn't have like a a president of football operations telling him differently because he is the football guy. And that's what the McCaskies and Ted Phillips will tell you. I mean, Robert Quinn is Robert Quinn. He's here to stay because of just his contract. The Bears don't sign him. They gain twelve million dollars in cap that could have been spent on the O line. I was about last to say season. you guys, you right? guys got I, Allen Robinson, or you guys let Allen Robinson walk for Robert Quinn is essentially how I'm looking at this. Because you guys, I, 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 I mean, you look that. at it. If he were to be cut, it would save them fourteen point seven million dollars, but they'd take on a dead cap of almost twenty four million dollars. Mm-hmm. Ugh, that's ugly. And they literally owe Robert Quinn literally money for every year. So it's not like – like, sure, I, they gain like $9 million, and then I think it's like 11 and then it's like 10 But this was a pace, a move that Pace – it was an unnecessary signing, and, and it's coming to hurt the Bears. Yeah. Um, 
let's talk about the draft, right? The draft, no matter who you are, you get excited about the draft because, you know, the draft offers you, one, a fun experience. The draft is one of the the three funnest days of the year for me. Two, you're then going to look up every single player and watch their college highlights. And because they are highlights, they look all like gods. So then you're coming into OTAs and everything with seven guys. So you're like, look, these are, this is the next generation. All these guys are studs. And then some of them suck, but then some of them end up being good. So the draft is always a time for optimism. You know, no matter who you are, even if you have Bill O'Brien or whoever the hell is your GM, you know, you, you can look with some optimistic views. The Bears pick it, pick 20. Now, we talked about the idea of them trading up for one of the quarterbacks or any of the tiers kind of that I set up there. What do you kind of see them going if they stay at 20, right? They're like, Ooh, we got Nick Foles. Let's rock with him. We got Sam Darnold or some BS like that, right? They don't feel like they need to adjust the quarterback position. They're not going to trade up. Obviously Mac Jones falls to 20. You got to take that. No brainer. Mac Jones is gone in this scenario. Where would you like to see them go at pick 20? Um, honestly, if they're still at 20, that means they found a quarterback. Okay. On Honestly, so that, that like no that, they stay there if they didn't acquire a quarterback in some way. Shape. Oh, cause yeah. If they get a quarterback, I, I, I think, you know, you don't even need to have the quarterback conversation. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, cause there's a scenario where 20 is not their pick anymore because mm-hmm. they move up or they, they make a trade. So I, I, I think you could go whatever direction you want with this uh, at 20. Like, I think it'll be a wide receiver or maybe even a stud O-lineman. Um, but, uh, but at the end of the day, you need to know your quarterback, who your quarterback is before you go to get the pick. Because if you're going to have – if you have like a guy like Carson Wentz or Derek Carr, Marcus Mariota, then there's a good chance you don't have pick 20. So – you know, it, it, it's too soon to tell until they figure out what they're going to do at the quarterback position. I think wide receiver at 20 would be a phenomenal pick because I think you have a decent guy in Mooney, but I do not want Mooney to be my wide receiver one. I don't care how good he looked last year. You know, he just didn't sure. scream elite wide receiver to me. There's a bunch of dudes in these drafts that they can get at 20 that I think are. Rashad Bateman's one sure. of them. Uh, Kadarius Tony's another one. Rondell Moore's another one. There are a bunch of guys in that 20 range that I think that, especially Kadarius Tony, I think him and Mooney as a one, two is going to be the perfect yin and yang, right? Mooney getting down the field. Kadarius Tony can do everything, but this guy is a violent runner with the football. Have you watched Kadarius Tony play? I have not. Oh my God. I, I, Justin and I were talking about it and I was like, dude, move him the running back, move him the running back because he run like you Debo, right? Think of Debo, think of AJ Brown. That's how he runs. But then morph it with like 2012 Adrian Peterson. This guy runs violently. He just annihilates people. I think Kadarius Tony would be a really good pick there. And for the lineman thing that you brought up, I don't see them picking a lineman at 20 because I don't know if that, right. Sewell's not going to be there. Slater's probably not going to be there. Dara saw a possibility. So then you're looking at Cosme. I'm a little bit lower on Cosme than some people are. Etchenberg, potentially, he's very pro-ready in my opinion. He comes from Notre Dame. Who the hell doesn't want a, a tackle from Notre Dame, right? So I definitely think for them, unless Darisar Slater is there at 20, then I'd say pull the trigger there. But I'm probably, even if you're telling me to pick between Darisar and Kadarius Tony, I'm picking Kadarius Tony for the Bears any day. Sure, and, and, and O-line's got to be a priority. I, I mean, 
The Bears need to address O-line. They didn't do it last year. The problem with the Bears is they don't have the resources to address O-line in the way that I think O-line is best addressed, right? Look at Buffalo. That's that's why Pace should be fired, because you don't have the resources to do anything. Right, Because and that's the damning thing, too. They have all these these holes, but you don't want to spend – Round one, round two, round three on offensive linemen because offensive linemen sure. aren't a guaranteed thing, right? You spend all those three picks. No draft pick is ever a guaranteed. Thing. Right, right. So you're, you're spending all these draft picks. You're expecting to get this stud offensive line next year. You have a stud offensive line, and he's throwing to practice squad dudes, right? I mean, look at sure. uh, Cam Newton this year in the Patriots. Great offensive line there. I mean, Cam Newton was bad, but he couldn't do anything because he had nobody open. I will take – um, good playmakers in a mediocre line, like other than the inverse. Look at Buffalo. Buffalo's offensive line is full of league average dudes. That's kind of how, how I think it should be done. You go out and you sign these guys on two-year deals, maybe overpay a little bit, but you have them in, in short term, and then you're drafting behind that in the, the mid to late rounds to try and get a guy to plug in, right? Or like maybe you hit a Michael Owenwu in the sixth round. So now he plugs in when this guy walks. It's just I think that is kind of the way to go offensive line. I'd be really worried about the Bears taking a lineman in round one just because wide playmate. I'd much rather have an elite playmaker than an elite lineman. It's the reason why I'm telling Bengals fans, take Jamar Chase over Panay Sewell because who would you rather have on your team? Like Julio Jones or David Bakhtiari? Just in a vacuum. You know, I'm taking the receiver almost any day. Right. Because you uh, – like, uh, you're less yeah, and, to block one dude. Your wide receiver can completely change a game. Right. I mean, I mean, you could you could look at it whatever whatever way you want to. Honestly, I mean, you can make a good case for taking an offensive lineman. You could make a good case, you know, uh, of taking a playmaking wide receiver. You know, I I I I think you could go uh, both ways with it. But but I think the the problem is. You don't have a quarterback, so you don't know what kind of players to put around that quarterback to make him succeed because right now your quarterback on the roster is Nick Foles, and I don't even think he's going to be here next year. Yeah, and my actually did a two-round mock for the Bears. Um, Kadarius Tony was the 20 pick, and then in the second round, I had you guys get in Walker Little out of Stanford. So you addressed tackle and wide receiver on that one. But, yeah, definitely this whole offseason for them is going to revolve around that quarterback position, you know. And I, and I mean, it's, it's arguably, you know, the number one position in, in all of sports, right? You know, if you don't have a quarterback, then, you know, it's, it's all going to shit, to be honest with you. Yeah. Cause look, the, the bears here, who, here's who the quarterbacks who have been under Ryan pace, Nick Foles, Mitch Trubisky, Chase Daniel. Uh, let's see here. Let's Mike go. Glennon. Mike Glennon, Mike Glennon. Oh, you, you had you had Cuddy for like a year or two. Uh, let's see, uh, Tyler Bray. Oh, I uh, forgot about David. Him. David Fails was here. I didn't even know. Uh, do Do any of those scream franchise quarterbacks? Cutler, but not because of what he does on the field. <laughs> yeah, no, I, dude, I I love Cuddy. Like, like I'm I, I'm a Cutler guy. Cutler, like, no. I just. His parallel to me is, you know how when you're watching a show, they're like, this is his foil. Tony Romo. Him and Tony Romo were like that same kind of caliber. I mean, Cutler was obviously could be really bad, but like people hate Tony Romo while he played. 
everybody outside of Chicago hated Jay Cutler, and now they're retired, and everybody's like, oh, I love Tony Romo. Oh, I love Jay Cutler. Right. It's just so funny to me. And and they're, I mean, they're both- you look at it, Jay, Jay Cutler, honestly, you can make a case for Sid Luckman, too, but Jay Cutler is arguably the greatest QB in Bears franchise history. What about headman so, guy who won the Super Bowl? What's his name? Uh, uh, McMahon? Yeah, Jim right? McMahon. Yeah, what about him? Yeah. Is he the only okay. guy to win a ring with you guys? Yeah, uh, yeah. Because you know, sexy Rexy Grossman almost did it in 06. Almost as um, almost as only good on horseshoes and hand grenade. And that's crazy that Rex Grossman was like getting you right. it's I think that's really indicative of how much the NFL has changed in the past 15 years and even the past 10 years. You know, sure. like think about um even like when Minnesota made the playoffs in 2012 with Christian Ponder. You know, it's just the game over the last 15, 10. Even five-ish years has just changed so much, and I love watching it. Yeah, and, and I mean, you you look at it, but you look at that 06 Bears team, you had guys like Brian Urlacher, Lance mm-hmm. Briggs. Uh, don't know about Peanut Tillman. I, I think Peanut was a couple years after. Briggs on that team? Oh, you but, said Lance Briggs. You yeah, Briggs, Nathan Vasher, you know, stud defensive line. Like, the, the Chicago Bears is what ownership will sell to you. Good defense and a run game. And you know what's crazy? That 2006 Chicago Bears team in today's NFL is probably winning like seven games. <laughs> Rex Grossman ain't going. Rex Grossman ain't going outdo you nobody. And yeah, I just yeah, I think offenses have evolved to the point where defenses can no longer be your identity, right? Unless sure. like you have to you have to be like you have to have that elite offense, and it comes down to one thing. People are passing the ball more. And, and I, I use this in, this example a lot. In the run game, you have right or left, and then you have ISO, power, counter, toss, inside zone, outside zone, right? Sure. And guys have been watching these things their whole life, right? You can you read your guards. Linebackers are going. And every time you ask a linebacker, what do they do? You take read steps to play the run. Linebackers are almost always playing the run first. So you have – we'll say six, six times two, 12 possible outcomes in the running game, which seems like a lot, but for NFL players who have been doing this their whole lives, it's not. You look at the, the passing game. I have five potential guys who can be running a route, a route that could be a slant, a drag, an out, a, a zig route, a nine route, a post, a post corner. So now we're already at about six. Now let's go six times five. You already have 30 possibilities that could be going on in the past game. Not to mention things like adding a motion that's going to have to force your defense to have different assignments, pick plays, things like there's just so much in the passing game, more options, more things that could happen versus the run game where, you know, you read a key or two and then you're going in on it. So I, I think that's why defenses have become less of a, of the thing to have is because you could have the best defense in the league. They still have to react. Right. You and they, they tell you on the defensive side of the ball, you don't want to react. You want to or, or you don't want to think you just want to react. And that's hard to do with the way that offenses are functioning right now. Yeah. And, and I think you look at it. Just just look at all the young upcoming offensive minds. Joe Brady, the enemy, Sean McVay and Nagy of a couple of years ago, Kyle Shanahan. That's mm. the direction, you know, the league's going. But the Bears don't have a quarterback, so it doesn't matter. Yep. Anything, any last words of maybe encouragement? Because, you know, I think I might need a link to Suicide Hotline for any Bears fans that just listened to this. Because it, it, was, it was pretty it was pretty gloomy. But, hey, you know, draft time. Just remember draft time. 
turn that smile upside down. It'll be all right. You know, you'll get through the rough years before. Just think, just think you could look, be- look, look, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Cubs fan, as you well know. Um, yep. You know, I've, I've had suffering, you know, for quite a while, you yeah. know, mediocre to below average bears teams. We're used to it by now. We just want a quarterback. Literally, that's all we want. It, and I think it, it really adjust, isn't hard. I think it really could get adjusted this year because my, I, I, I don't want to throw once his name in there because I just think he's bad. But you could have sure. Derek Carr, who I think is is decent for you, Mariota, and then you have those five guys that you could or four, Trevor Lawrence, hell no, that you could potentially trade up for and get. So, right. Bears fans, I know it's rough. I know it's brutal but it will get better, okay? You're not Houston right now. You didn't get the guy, and now the guy is demanding out. You know, you are in a way better spot than some teams have been in. And, you know, I don't always love to point at history, but you're one of the most historically great franchises in the NFL. You know, you have a ring. There's a lot of stuff that you – and you have some fun guys to watch too. You know, you have Montgomery. You have Darnell Mooney. So, Bears fans, just keep your head up. It's all right. Nick, anything you want to say before we get out of here? Nope, that's it. I just appreciate you having me on. Oh, no problem. I loved it. I hope hope we get a bunch of Chicago Bears fans that come and listen to it and say, you know what, I like, I like <laughs> that. I like that guy in the green hoodie. I'll tune in for a little bit longer. But yes, definitely. <laughs> if you guys enjoyed Nick on this podcast, go give him a follow on Twitter. His Twitter, it's it's pretty badass, you know. And and maybe you end up being a friend with Nick, and then you get all the Schefter stuff like a minute before Schefter actually tweets it. Nick is on top of all that <laughs> stuff. You're getting all these like insider. He knows exactly who to follow. So Nick is definitely a great follow on Twitter and then plug your podcast one more time for everybody. Yeah. So you can uh, find it. Uh, the weekly sports talk podcast does Apple, Spotify, Google play or whatever the hell you pixel people use to get your damn podcast, whatever, you if know, you- it'll be there. Send me your link to the podcast or like sure. one, and I'll link it in the description below on the sure. podcast form in the YouTube. So, yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you had a good time. If you're a fan of any other NFC North team, you're probably laughing right now and you enjoyed this so much. If you're any other NFL fan, you probably enjoyed this because it was very informative and really a deep dive into the team. I love having Nick on because, like I said, I, I try to watch every single NFL game, but when you're watching – about 10 games on Monday and Tuesday morning, it gets to a point where it's like, okay, you know, I'm watching a little bit more passively on some games. And it happened to be Bears games because it was Bears games were weird this year. They were never close. It felt like it felt like they were always like just wide, either blowouts. Even a seven point, uh, even (laughs) down a touchdown, the lead felt insurmountable and you couldn't come back. I know it was a weird season, but yeah, I love having Nick on. If you, if you think you know your stuff like Nick does about the Bears, hit me up. We'll, we'll talk a little bit. I'll vet you a little bit. And then you can come on here and have your own podcast just like this. You know, I, I love having insiders, insiders. Bear, uh, Nick is our Bears insider at, uh, for the Inside Leverage podcast. So, you know, if you think you know your team like Nick does, and it better be like Nick does. I don't want no half ass stuff. Because I know a couple of you who would probably be like, yeah, I want on. And then I ask you a question. You're like, I don't know. So. Just make sure you know your stuff. Hey, you can come on the podcast. We'll have anybody on almost. Um, sure. So, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's Nick Palazzolo, Blake Sorensen, another episode of the Inside Leverage Podcast. Thank you guys so much. Peace and love.